Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TV radio seeks to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are The Bride Ministries, We Are The Bride Radio, or We Are The Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power. Experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. And getting in marriage. 
Okay, if you will notice, all over Houston, they're building these beautiful venues like we were in last night. Yes. Giving in marriage is big business. Mm -hmm. Marriage is big business in the United States today. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for a profession to go into, may I recommend that you be, that you get into the wedding business? <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of jobs that have to do with the wedding business. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the wedding coordinators, there's the photographers, there's the sound men, there's the caterers. Okay? So God, Jesus gave you a hint of a business and even something to invest in. Because he says when he comes again, there will be marrying and giving a marriage. Yeah. We're seeing that as a sign on the earth. Yeah. Let us watch for the signs of the times. He has given us the gift of knowing what the Spirit is saying to the church. So let us watch and be alert to the signs of the times. He's giving us signs all the time, telling the church what he's doing. Yes. And this is what I want to know. Amen. Keep your eye on Syria. Uh, this that's happening over there is prophetic. Uh, I don't know what kind of volume went on last night, but there was something went on yesterday afternoon. Russia, Turkey, Syria, and Iran. Okay, have all come together to uh, take out the rebels in southern uh, Syria. Southern Syria is part of the promised land. It was never taken uh, when it was supposed to be taken. Okay. All right, so that land is still God's. But the battle is going on in southern Syria, which borders on Israel. Let's keep an eye on that. Let's keep our prayer. Let's not let all this chunking stuff, bloviating that's going on in our government, get our eyes off of praying about that. Mm -hmm. Because the whole plan is that for Russia to go in and take over Syria. Right. If they get those rebels out, he's going to run Assad out. Assad will be gone. Mm -hmm. He should be. Putin is just using Assad. Mm -hmm. Assad will be gone. Russia will take that over. But the point I want to make before I start preaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, Turkey... Iran and Russia are part of the God Magog nations around the White Sea. Not all of them, but part of them. Okay. And, of course, Syria is part of the Psalm 23 nations. Russia, Iran, and Turkey are not part of the Psalm, I'm not talking about the Psalm 83 nations. I said 23, sorry. Psalm 83 nations. And I've always felt like these two wars together. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's more and more and more. This is what's happening. Okay? Keep your eyes on the signs of the time. You can't know the signs of the time if you don't know the Word of God. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the Word of God, you won't know what's going on in, the, in these days. Amen. And my message today is your word have I hid in my heart. Psalm 119, I may camp there for a while. You know, it's, it's so rich and so deep. It's almost like you get really in it. You get in so deep, it's like you got to come up for air. But it excels all the other psalms. This feat of artistry, and it is artistry, 
is a literary monument of the word of truth. A thread which runs right through the poem's rich tapestry is an appreciation of the value of God's revelation. It's sweeter than honey, it says in verse 103. And better than honey, it doesn't say that. <laughs> but the word of God is better than money because it would give you the very power of God to make you rich. It is God who makes you rich. He'll test you in it first, just so you know, to make sure that that's not where your heart is. The word of God is the writer's delight and desire, and it is my belief that David wrote it. Some say Ezra did, but it sure sounds like David's writing to me, but it's okay. Main thing is it is written. It evokes the writer's praise and his love. And because he sets such store by the word, he turns to the one who gave it. Appealing in his time of trouble to God's character and promises. And that we must all do. The word is not sent to, it will bring us to conviction, but not to condemnation. We are to come to the word in times of trouble and not come under condemnation by the word, but go to the God who promised it and ask him to help us get straight. Yet the writer is mature enough to realize that there is spiritual value in suffering, and that is God's school. I think Bonnie said last night that all that she went through in life, at the time she might have made different choices, but she realized in going back, it was all God's providence to bring her to where she is today. Yeah. I counted all the joy, Amen. all that I have ever walked through in this life. Yeah. I would not be standing here today if I had not had the path of the things that challenged me and even the persecutions and the things that, that uh, I suffered. I counted all joy. The psalmist recognizes the obligation to stay loyal to God through thick or thin. Now that's a challenge to many who do not have faith. They may have the faith to get saved, but they don't have the faith to follow God through thick and thin. Because they're still trying to figure out why God is having them to walk through the thin when he could, get a, he could rescue them out of it. So, but that is a faith issue. Because see, he's still God. No matter what you and I walk through on this earth, he is still God, and his God nature and character will never change. And the psalmist reports that despite intense persecution and harassment, he has not let the Lord down. But he has not let the Lord down because he has loved his word and he has stayed. God's word is the lamp to his feet, he says. He rejoices that it has sustained him in the past and been a source of hope and comfort, a practical wisdom and a satisfying life. If you follow the word of God in God's ways, you will live a life that is full, that all the suffering that you go through, all the pain that you may suffer, will just make your life richer and better and sweeter. Yes. It is the basis of his hope for his future. Our future is in heaven. 
He commends a life of trust and obedience, yearning that others may tread this path that he is on. I don't understand why the whole world doesn't want to follow the path of the ways of God. Because I can tell you that other path is taking you to hell. That's right. It is. While I was in Missouri, I visited uh, two churches. I took Mother on Sunday morning to her Baptist pastor who's been so faithful to her and he, when the church is going down, he goes in and builds it back up. And uh, he's a little church there, probably about a mile from where Mother's living. So I walked in and that great pastor, preacher, he preached that there's two ways. You can either go to hell or you can go to heaven. Amen. <laughs> it's your choice. Choose today whom you shall serve. That's right. Because you, uh, you don't know when you're going to expire. What is it? That, that, what is your expiration date? And he gave an example of milk has an expiration date on it. And that we, you know, that day is. And he says, well, each one of you have an expiration date. And he says, are you going to heaven or hell? It's your choice. I like that sermon. <laughs> I walked into another church there on Wednesday night to see where I can find a church to walk into because I want to see what's going on. I'm checking. I'm not, I'm, I got no dual meanings. I'm, I'm checking the spirit out over this region. Mm -hmm. Miles and miles and miles of cotton fields and corn fields and bean fields full of billion dollars in those counties coming out of there and they're just getting ready to harvest. Probably in another week they'll be harvesting. I'm looking over the fields and what is the spirit? Then I go into churches to hear what is being said. So I went into one big church that was built out in the middle of a cotton field. And it recently, it was called The Bridge. The young preacher. And he preached the Word of God. Amen. With fire. Amen. Love of the Word of God with fire. So I sat there and I said, Now, Lord, you, my steps are ordered by you. I swung my car into this church, driving down the road here into this cotton field. You had me swing in right here at 7 o'clock when church started on Wednesday night, maybe 6 o'clock, I don't know. And uh, <coughs> he was teaching. And uh, I listened, and you could tell the man loved the word God. He loved the word. So then I said, okay, I'm not just sitting here for nothing, God. There's some reason why you have put me here. Is there anything you want me to tell that young preacher? So I sit there, and I thought, well, it has to be the right so when the service was over, um, I walked up to the assistant pastor and introduced myself because he didn't know me from Adam. And so then I walked over to the pastor. And I said to him, sir, it was a great sermon. And one of the things he was preaching about was the sword. And I said, you have become a sword. I don't think ever knew. I said, you have become a sword. And I said, even as you separate the bone and the marrow, as the word of God separates the spirit and the soul, and the bone and the marrow, it's so sharp. I said, so are you going to separate the word of God and the soul of this area that you've been sitting into? I said, because the soul of this area needs to be healed. Oh, well, he received me very well. Amen. He said, thank you, ma'am. He said, I was praying about that this morning. 
Hmm. He said, I'm getting ready to teach on the phone. <laughs> Shall surely be put to death. 
He who steals a man and sells him, we're talking about human trafficking, yes. or he be found in his hand, shall surely be put to death. All these smugglers who are doing human trafficking, the law of God on that is death. He who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. If an ox or animal was to push with his horn and the owner has not kept him in, and that ox or animal has killed a man or woman, the ox or animal shall be stoned and his owner shall also be put to death. Okay, we still have that rule. If an animal kills someone, our culture still puts that animal to death. Immediately is killed. These are the laws of God, and he said for his people. <coughs> All of these are severe punishments for our culture, who, are, who we're so uh, gentle people. And have continued a part of our civil law with the exception of smiting and cursing one's father or mother. However, there's a moral law of God, and the judgment is still the same. It has not changed. If you commit one of these sins, the God's law, his spiritual law, there will still be early if it's not repented of, come upon the Lord Jesus. Did you hear me? This is God because it's New Testament. It's still New Testament. Now, our civil law might not kill you because it is not in agreement with the word of God. But God, but in God's kingdom law, there will be an early death. Matthew 15, 3 through 9 of the Bible, Jesus replied, And why do you by your traditions violate the direct, direct commandments of God? God says, I am your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. This is New Testament. This is Jesus talking. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition, for the sake of your own culture. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you before he wrote. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas and commands from God. Mm -hmm. Now this is where our civil government is. There's a higher law. Yes. It's the kingdom law, yes. and it has not changed. Amen. And I'm part of that kingdom. Amen. I'm part of that government. Yeah. Many, many years ago, and I think it was after my father died, uh, the Lord spoke to me that Satan had accused me concerning my mother. 
Actually, he said, Satan has this against you. By the man for it. Satan went to the court of heaven. And he accused him. Okay? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Yes. Now, just because you're covered under the blood, just because you're saved, doesn't mean that old Satan isn't going to go up there and try to accuse you. Okay? Satan knows the word of God. And will use the word of God to accuse us before God. Yes. Remember why he accused Job? A righteous man. The Bible said he was a righteous man. And God turned Job up over to Satan and said, just don't kill him. See, he didn't have the authority to kill him. See, because his, the, the sins in the Old Testament that Job had not committed, Satan could not kill him because he did not warrant death. But he could test him in every other way, but he could not kill him. Because he had not committed the sin unto death. Um, so the Lord told me, thank God, he told me that Satan had this thing against me. Or, or, no, he didn't say it that way. How did he say it? Yeah, Satan has this against you. He charged, he charged me with it. So I prayed, and we're talking many years ago, and I, of course, prayed a lot since then. And I said, Lord, I'm doing this and that. And actually, when my dad died, I was sick for four years. And uh, that was the period of time that I was sick. And two years later, my brother died. And, you know, I mean, I was in the middle of it, okay? And when that four years was over was when God asked me to start a church. I said, I told the Lord, that's what I told the Lord. Don't ever tell him why you can't do something. Lord, I'm, and it wasn't that I wasn't doing anything, okay? But the community was accusing me before God. So, Lord, I'm doing this and that, and I'm very busy taking care of the church, doing church work at the time. I was prophesying. I was teaching. I was teaching everybody how to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And then under persecution, okay, I go and prophesy. I was teaching people how to prophesy. Because we'd already come through the charismatic revival. People were moving in the gifts. But mainly it was healing and deliverance and all that's good. And we were doing all that. But God was bringing forth the prophetic. Okay, so it was persecution. <coughs> All right, so, but I'm not making any excuses here, God. I'm just telling the story, okay? <laughs> and when I told him my, my situation, as if he didn't know it, <laughs> the Lord answered me. You should take care of one and not neglect the other. You should take care of one and not neglect the other. Well, I continued. Some oversight to my mother's well-being, although she was very independent, happy in her home, and very well cared for. She had, when she went into assisted living this year, she had five people taking care of her. And she liked it that way. Okay. <laughs> and y'all see me, I would go in and take charge of things and fix things, and she'd, she'd change it all when I left. So. <laughs> but I'm trying to keep this straight before God. I'm not worried about keeping straight with her so much as I am. I'm trying to keep this straight before God because I've already been corrected. So, um, the community that was supporting her 
which was traditional denominational community. But they were absolutely judging. And the scripture they used to judge me was Matthew 53 through 9 that I just read to you. Okay. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. You see, because I was active in the church, because I was serving as a pastor, they, and really not believing that a woman could be a pastor anyway, right. this was what was Satan was charging me with before, heaven, before the court of heaven. And uh, according to the word of God, I was a hypocrite. If you take the legal word of God, and you take the word of God and you say she's a hypocrite. And um, Satan had a legal right to accuse me through the judgments of others. But the judgment is not his to make or anyone else's. He will not. He can accuse you, but he can't make the judgment. I said he, he can accuse you, but the judgment's not his to make. That's right. Jesus and Jesus alone will make that judgment. The years passed, and I continued to do my best, giving all that I could, wherever. But when I was in Missouri this past week, God and I said, yes, it was settled. Many years, many years. I was closing out my mother's home. Our affair is taking things to the nursery home. I told you I through all this. So one evening I was sitting there reading her Bible out of the Living Translation. And I read Matthew 15, 3 through 9. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I know the word. I knew the Lord was giving me that scripture. And I was to judge myself by that word that Satan had accused me of. And you say, Carol, this might be deep. I'm telling you, this is the way it is. Yeah. Yes. This is serious business. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the way it is in heaven. Ooh. And the importance of this word hid in your heart and in your life that you will not sin against God. So that night I prayed about it and I thought about it. 1 Corinthians 11, 31 through 32. For if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Christian, this salvation life of Christ that we carry is serious business. John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hear that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation that is passed from death unto life. Amen. In the realm of the spirit, these sins still have a death sentence. In a kingdom of God, even though our civil laws no longer enforce all of them. We know we're saved to eternal life because we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He is our Lord and Savior and forgives us our sins through his precious blood. There is no condemnation for those who walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Amen. 
I have not walked under condemnation these many years because God set me free from the law of sin and death. However, the length of my life on earth and our blessings on earth are contingent upon our obeying Lord God. That still remains. An early death for reviling parents in New Testament is New Testament and is written and spoken by Jesus Christ to Christian Jews and sinners under the same kingdom law. I never spoke disrespectfully to my parents just because we were a respectful family. Wish they thought about it. So when I awoke the next morning after this experience with Lord in my mother's home with her Bible, you know this was a God thing. I was praying and seeking the Lord if my heart was upright before him. You see, this isn't about me being a pastor. This isn't about me being a preacher. This is between me and God. I felt a knowing that Satan had lost his case. Now, will he accuse me again? Maybe so. But we'll work this out. I had been cleared by the judge of heaven. Blessed are the 119, 1 through 8. I'm going to run over just a minute or two here, y'all, but I need to help you bear with me. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his way. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all your commandments. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned your righteous judgments. People, we have to learn his righteous judgments and judge ourselves. I will keep your statutes. I will forsake me not utterly. So in Psalm 119, I want to go over this quickly and we may come back to it because I think I might teach on this again next week unless God speaks in another direction. The word devour for word there refers to the communication of God's will to his people. The word imra often has the connotation of promise and a pattern of life based on God's will. The law in this scripture connotation is divinely revealed teaching. Statutes are God's covenant terms for his people to observe. Precepts are detailed rules for life. Commands express the insistent will of a personal God who is Israel's Lord. Decrees are rulings written down and prescribed. For permanent observance. And all of these describe God throughout Psalm 119 of God speaking to his people. There's places where he says the word. There's places where he says the law. 
Now, at the time, he would describe God's statutes. Then he would speak of God's precepts, God's commands, and God's decrees. And each one of them is an authority of God's word coming at us in a different dimension. Amen. The word of God is no do-it-yourself manual. Which God has handed over to man to use as best he can. It is the written part of a lifelong teach slash in. When it comes with it comes the assurance of his living presence with the believer, prompting, warning, promising, and enabling. And Christian, do not doubt that if God is using you, Satan will accuse you. And there will be persecutions if you follow on. To, if he called you to be the plow, as Juliet says, of the different plow. If, if he calls you to plow up new ground, you, the cost of that is going to be persecution. I shared this last night. I may have shared it with you, and I'm not boasting on me. I'm talking about God using you in his kingdom for what he's doing on earth. When I came out of the denominational church, as many of you did, I went into the charismatic. I was persecuted. Y'all were persecuted when you left it. Okay? You did your family and your friends and everybody. Okay, but then it began, then he took us out of the charismatic and put us into the prophetic, which was different. Persecution. Okay, then from the prophetic, I went into the third day the glory. The third realm the spirit standing in it, preaching in it. Also the pastor, persecution. Okay. If you're moving on with God, with wherever God is moving on the earth, there will be persecution. And now, and then, from there, okay, y'all were there. Most of you were there. In the Bush and Obama years. God moved me into the governmental, very strong. And I had to declare the government of God over the government of this nation. Yeah. I had to do it because that's what God had to do. I had to declare that the government of God is a greater government than the government of our nation. Amen. Okay, now the God is moving us into another realm. Okay, we're going to close here in five minutes. We're fine. Yeah. <coughs> Sweet. Our high flower's pretty thick, so I'm going to juice sweet. And she's up. Andrew asked me if this is another ring about what I was sharing some of this with her. This is the original realm. <laughs> you want to go back to the beginning, this is it. <clears throat> In Psalm 119, the psalmist gives us 18 secrets of victory over sin. Take heed of God's word. Seeking God wholeheartedly. Hiding God's word in the heart. Being always open to truth. Removed from the way of lying. 
I got, had that word that I posted about Obama on Facebook, if any of you saw it yesterday, it was not an opinion. Right. That's right. That's true. I was speaking what the Spirit of God was saying Ooh. about that speech he made this week. Yes. Obama is deceived. Yes. Obama is a deceiver. Yes. And Obama is carrying the spirit of the deceiver. Yes. And see, out of his mouth comes this deception. Because if he, the government that he's under is a civil government. He is not under the government of the kingdom of God. So it is a deceiver who speaks the authority of the civil government changing the government of God. Right. Number six, receiving salvation, hasting to keep commandments, delighting in God's word, meditating in God's word, refraining from every evil way. Okay, our social culture culture is so full of so many evil ways <coughs> that if you follow the social culture, you are not in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hating every false way. We're supposed to hate these false ways. That if you don't know the word of God, you won't know the way it's false because everybody's doing it. Yes. Consecrating to obey to the end. Yes. Having vain thoughts. Hating and abhorring lying. Loving God's word, praising God, permitting nothing to offend. Yes, amen. If we could ever get the church to the place where you will not permit offense in your life, you're ready to be used to God. And until you get there, if everybody that says boo hurts your feelings, don't come tell me you're ready to preach. <laughs> and don't come tell me that somebody said boo to you and it hurts your feelings. I won't be very compassionate. <laughs> All transgression of the word of God is sin against God. Amen. Yeah. Sin affects both God and man. Robs God of his creative purpose right. in blessing man eternally and robs man of such a blessing. Sin affects all creation, which man was created to rule under God and for the highest good of all. Romans 6, 14 through 16. For sin shall not have dominion over you, Amen. for you are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. 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 What then? Shall we see it? Because we're not under the law, but under grace. You see, me sitting alone in Mother's house, reading that Bible that night, me and God got together. <laughs> I was, and there's no way I could take in my righteousness because I couldn't measure up to it. Amen. But he gave me grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He says, God forbid 
Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. The sins unto death are listed in the Old Testament. And Jesus brought some of them forward into the New Testament. Leviticus 24, 16. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. We got a lot of blaspheming going on. Luke 12, 10. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to who to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. If we take the Lord's Supper unworthily, the Word of God says they will have an early death. That's New Testament. 1 Corinthians 11, 26-30. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Mm. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.